Robertson. Wijnaldum drifts into the space and looks for the lob! After a stutter and a stumble of late, Liverpool look well and truly in the groove today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. We're back to winning ways. We we returned to kind of our old our old form, um, looking really impressive against Bournemouth. So we, we, we won the game 3-0 and I think uh, Bournemouth was probably the perfect type of game for Liverpool to play following the last couple of disappointing results. Bournemouth weren't going to put 11 men behind the ball and kind of sit for 90 minutes. They were going to try and play um, and fair play to them, they, you know, they take that approach against all teams. But I think that's what we really needed. I think we would have struggled if we played against a team who were going to put 11 men behind the ball. Um, but hey, we, we won the game. It was an incredibly positive performance and it kind of helped get rid of some of the cobwebs over the past couple of weeks um, and Liverpool kind of got back to some of the play and some of the passing and some of the kind of finishing that we'd seen prior to that particularly in December uh, over the Christmas period so the game started off really well um, Bournemouth did have a chance through Ryan Fraser right at the beginning of the game but Liverpool kind of really held the ball as we do mainly at home uh, against any team really we we held the ball well we were passing it around, making some good chances and um, kind of midway through the first half, we, we broke the deadlock and it was a corner who kind of came out, uh, was was cleared away and then put in, put back into the box by James Milner and uh, Sadio Mane kind of, there's a, I've seen some kind of hints of potential offside, but you know, hey, this it, it's an attacking advantage. Um, I think his arm or just his left arm was offside, so it doesn't count anyway. Um, but uh, but yeah, Sadio Mane, Sadio Mane buried the header and um that's his fourth goal in his last four games, and uh, I'll touch on this a little later. But he's really been carrying us for the last few games, and we could have we could have come off a lot worse from these kind of games that didn't go so well if it wasn't for his goals. So, Tyler um, Mane did great to, to open the scoring, and he's been showing over the last couple of weeks how important he is to this Liverpool team. So that was a great start, and it really helped kind of settle the nerves of the team and of the crowd at Anfield. So we continued to kind of keep the ball um, as we do um, at home and uh, there was a great ball through by, by Naby Keita, um, kind of the edge of the box to, to Genie Wijnaldum who was making a, a break forward. Um, he composed himself and played a really, really lovely, delicate lob over Boric. Um, it was a great finish. Uh, I think that's only Genie Wijnaldum's second goal of the season. I think the first one was the, the winner um, sorry, though, no, the first goal against Tottenham away at Wembley, which was also a very big goal. Um, but I think this one was equally as big just because, you know, 1-0 is, you know, never safe. Um, we've obviously thrown away a 1-0 lead over the past couple of games. So getting that second goal was really big. Um, it was relatively close to half time as well. So that really helped. And it was just a great finish. Um, so, yeah, so we went into halftime in, in high spirits. Um, some of the nervousness that the crowd and the players may have had at the beginning of the game had disappeared. Um players were playing with a bit more expression, they were playing with a bit more flair, um, which is exactly what we want to see, which is when Liverpool are playing at their best. So we came out in the second half, and um, it was very much the same kind of pattern of play, we we kind of held ball, um, but then the game really was killed off um, with Salah's goal, so it was a great, kind of great ball in behind, and Firmino um, played a very clever back heel, uh, to which Salah kind of just buried the ball um, with the inside of his left foot into the, into the far corner, uh, and that kind of really killed the game, um, I think after that, that kind of took all of the steam out of, of Bournemouth and then we kind of controlled the game. But we controlled the game in a way where we kind of had possession. We weren't looking shaky. We didn't think You didn't think that Bournemouth were going to kind of score a goal. Salah did hit the bar again. Um, and we really kind of just saw out the rest of the game. 
in a way that we've seen Liverpool do so many times this season, so particularly in the first half of the season. And it was really promising to, to kind of remind ourselves that we've been playing really well and this is how we've been playing for a large part of this season. So it was um, a really great way to, to finish the game um, and a good kind of return to form uh, at the right time, having City having gone uh, top um, when they beat Everton in the middle of the week. So it was really good and it was really timely performance um, from, from the Liverpool players to, to give ourselves that three-point cushion again at the top of the league before uh, Man City played Chelsea today. So the couple of um, analysis points that I really want to pick out and touch on from this game, uh, I mentioned Wijnaldum, uh, obviously he scored, the se- he scored the second goal, but he was doing in this game what I think many Liverpool fans have been wanting him to do for, for a very long time. When you watch, I haven't watched too many Holland games, but when I do watch a Holland game, the the runs forward and the breaks from midfield that Gini Wijnaldum makes is almost like reminiscent of a Frank Lampard. Um, he, he always breaks that line and goes beyond the strikers. Um, he makes those kind of really penetrating runs and he actually scores a lot more for Holland than he does for Liverpool. And it's kind of one of these frustrating things when you see him play for Liverpool where he doesn't necessarily um, do that as much. And that was kind of the reason why we bought him. When he was playing at Newcastle, he was scoring a hell of a lot of goals doing exactly that. And it seems like we've kind of moulded him um, to be a more slightly defensive uh, midfielder. But it was good to also see him break forward in this game and, and score. And I, I really think that's a, um, a key asset to his game and a, and a huge benefit to Liverpool's game as well. So I want to see Wijnaldum doing a lot more of that, coming from deep and making runs beyond Firmino, Mane, um, just to mix up the way we attack um, so that we're not always relying on you know, our front three and then the defenders, the back four of whatever team, kind of just trying to choke our front three. The the breaks from midfield really help. Um, so that was an incredibly positive uh, kind of analysis from the game. Um, I think Gini Wilder had a great game. I heard I heard some kind of reports and read some things about the previous day, him, him being you know quite unwell. Um, it's even more amazing then for him to come out and do and have such a commanding performance and have such a positive game um, having been ill. So it'll be really good to see um, how he kind of progresses over the next couple of games and whether he keeps playing um, kind of those making those attacking runs and, and playing those attacking balls um, as we go against maybe stronger teams like Bayern Munich, like um, Arsenal, like Manchester United that we have over the next couple of weeks. So the second piece of uh, analysis, and I guess it's another positive piece, there isn't really, it's all very positive from this game, and that is that um, Salah got back to, to scoring ways. I mentioned at the beginning of this of this, of this episode that Mane's actually been carrying us for the past couple of games, and the draw against Leicester and the draw against West Ham could have been a lot worse had not had it not been for um, Sadio Mane's goals. So um, it was really good to also kind of get Salah back on the score sheet as well. I think he's got a couple of games without scoring. So it's great to kind of get his confidence back up, get him smiling again, get him playing the way he wants to play because that's the that's when he is so devastating. And we saw him cause so much, you know, havoc last season and and, and this season also. So um it's been really positive to see Salah back scoring. Uh and I think it'll be interesting to see how um, or if Mane continues to keep scoring, um, I think four and four is probably I think matches his best record for Liverpool, um, and he's kind of climbing up slowly above the uh, in the Premier League goal score. I think he's got twelve goals in the Premier League, and he's not you know so he's not too far off Salah or Bamiang, Kane, and those guys. So um, that was really positive to see, and um, 
I guess I guess the the, the issue always with with Firmino and the way Firmino plays is that um, we you want always want Firmino to score more and. Um, yeah, I guess that's the only criticism of the front three. You kind of Firmino had a good kind of little purple patch around December, particularly around the Arsenal game. Um, but uh, he's kind of gone back to kind of old school Firmino, where he doesn't really score to that many goals, but he's still such an important part of the team. And the final point of analysis that I want to kind of talk about and discuss on this on this episode is about kind of the left back situation. Um, now, there's not really an issue at left back situation, but. Uh, I kind of am maybe preempting something um, happening, um, and the reason I say that is because Andy Robertson is has been and is one of Liverpool's you know best players, and um, what I kind of see is him over the last couple of weeks maybe not necessarily putting in as good a performance as we've seen from him previously, but that kind of makes me slightly nervous about potentially next season where. We have, um, if we're going to be competing on four fronts, then will he be able to play all of the games? That I don't know. Um, and I think we've we've got Alberto Moreno as um, as a kind of backup uh, left back, um, but I don't think Klopp has very much faith in Alberto Moreno. And in a big game, if if Robertson couldn't play, I, I still think Klopp would probably put Milner at left back rather than. Um, Alberto Moreno. So I think one of the one of the um, I guess key transfer targets I think um, as well as the attacking midfielder position and, and a few others. But I think finding a good replacement for for Andy Robertson would be really really useful to to Liverpool. One to I guess push Andy Robertson, but also to have faith in a in another left back. Say if if um, you know Touchwood something happens doesn't happen happens to um, uh, Robertson, we then have a left back that we're confident in. He can come in play in the way Klopp wants. And um, you know, just carries on that kind of form and, and plays or plays in a similar way to the way Robertson plays. So, I think that is um, kind of a it's not it's kind of a preemptive kind of piece of analysis. It's not an issue right now. Robertson has showed no signs of you know really properly feeling tired, um, and he's still putting in the same kind of high energy performances that he always has. So it's great to see just kind of trying to preempt um, something that may become an issue in the future. So as we do um, with all episodes, we end with a shout-out to, to Jurgen Klopp. And the shout-out this week is around the midfield. So over the past couple of weeks, regarding injuries and, and all sorts, um, there's been a kind of a, a constant change in who's playing in the three or the potentially four in midfield. Um, and in this game against Bournemouth, we started kind of Fabinho in the holding midfield position and then Wijnaldum and Keita as the kind of two more progressive midfielders. And I think that balance really worked. Uh, maybe it depends on the opponent and how much they were willing to play and attack against us and all that type of stuff. But I thought the balance of the three worked really well. I think Fabinho is a great holding midfielder and he can definitely play that pass forward a lot quicker than maybe someone like Jordan Henderson can. And if GD Wijnaldum keeps making the runs forward um, like, he, like he did against Bournemouth... He's a huge asset to the team, and Naby is the one who can actually pick out those balls. So I think he's been the one that's really picked out those balls a lot more than, you know, a Henderson or a Wijnaldum can, and so that's why I think he's really important. Even more so probably than Shakiri. I think Keita plays a lot more of those kind of cutting balls in behind the defence, um, balls over the top, through balls, and I think that's really positive, and that's what you want to see in the midfield. So I guess a shout-out to Klopp is kind of keep with this midfield three. I thought it worked really well. Um... 
I would assume that if Henderson's fit for the Bayern Munich game, that he will come back into the team, just because against Bayern Munich we need to be a little more solid. Um, but um, we've got a bit of a break now until that game. So I think that game is on Tuesday the 19th of February. Um, so we've got a bit of a gap now between the Bournemouth game and the Bayern Munich game to really prepare. I think Klopp said the team are going away on another kind of off-site uh, training camp. Um, it didn't really work for us last time, you know, but uh, hopefully this time they've learned something from that and, um, you know, the players will come back refreshed and we can kind of recover. We can give ourselves a bit more time to get some of our players back from injury. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was back against Bournemouth, which was great to see. And so, you know, it'd be good to get Dan Lovren, um, Joe Gomez closer back to, to recovery. Um, obviously, Oxlade-Chamberlain is also very close um, coming back into the team. So hopefully this kind of extra week gives us that kind of flexibility that we get some of our players back. But it'll be really interesting to see um, what happens in the Bayern Munich game. Um, I think it will be I think it'll be a tough game. You know, Bayern Munich are a very strong team, but I think they respect kind of Liverpool um and they respect that we are we will be a threat to them so i'll be interested to see how that how that goes obviously the first leg being played at anfield that'll be interesting also but um our next premier league game is against the against united um this will be a huge game as it always is between liverpool and united um obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's got got off on an absolute stormer at, at manchester united and it's kind of a as a rival fan you kind of going okay well this honeymoon period is not going to last forever and um, I guess it's our job to bring them, bring them back down to back down to earth. But they're looking like an incredibly tough team. Um, Paul Pogba's been playing, you know, crazy. Martial, um, Rashford's been playing amazingly for them. So let's hope that um, uh, we can kind of do one over United. It's, the game is at Old Trafford. Um, obviously, the game at Anfield was slightly marred by the whole. Um, United just weren't United. Uh, the whole Jose Mourinho stuff was still going on at the time and whatever but um, I definitely expect a stronger United when we play them um, in two weeks time so uh, I'll catch you guys again for that episode hopefully we win and uh, City slip up between now and now and then also in the league which which will really help us out Um, but yeah thank you guys for listening I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll catch you guys again on a review of the United game